God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. And this is Wesley Wildman, one of your hosts for By Design here on American Family Radio. This program is a weekend program that we're excited to have now. And By Design is where we discuss all things related to God's design for marriage. You can visit afa.net slash by design and there you'll find articles, podcasts, videos, all to educate you, to encourage you to build up your marriage and your family the way God designed it. Uh, Some of the videos you'll find on our website, uh, there's a whole list of them, but just some of the ones that are at the top right now are tips for blended families. Uh, Number two, prioritizing your family's schedule. Number three, the importance of date nights. And from there, those are just the videos. And we have a whole archive of articles and podcasts to help resource you to your marriage and your family because we are the American Family Association. And we believe that God's first institution, the family, is uh, the primary building block for all of society and for the flourishing thereof. And so we want to do everything we can through this radio program and the resources that we provide to make sure that we continue and all the problems and issues that our country goes through and is going through to make sure that we prioritize the family. Because I believe, I've said this for many, many years, um, at least eight, I've been up here full-time eight years this past August. And so for the last eight years, I've said that I've observed by working through ministries to help young men without dads through working through that i've discovered no revelation to a lot of people but for me it was new that is that the that the family and the breakdown thereof is the primary issue of all that we face if you were to put them all in one pot the common factor the common denominator would be to break down the family so what we're trying to do is inspire encourage and uplift the family through by design and so thank you for listening to this program and please share it with others we have a so a couple of special guests today while the guests um are special to this program and they're new to being on by design their voices will not be uh new they will be very familiar to the afl audience and they are jerry and becky drace jerry and becky thank you for coming on the program you're welcome. Glad to be with you. Hey, we're so grateful you've taken the time to be a part of this program. We are excited about it. And uh, now, let me ask you: There's, a, we're going to get into the interview, and I've got a lot of questions, and we'll get into some things. But the first thing that comes to mind, I didn't have it written down, but I wanted to ask: Are y'all familiar with by design? I haven't heard it yet, but it's, I knew it's it was new. On. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, buddy. I've been watching you on the, following you on the. Uh, your Facebook and your page, your, your t- website, okay. sure. Well, it's pretty new. Um, we started it back in July, and we we took a year or so, year and a half to prepare for it, and so we're really excited about it. And so um, we're glad that you get to be part of the first guest on this program because your ministry and what y'all do is very similar, if not identical, to what we're trying to accomplish by with by design. Now, obviously, y'all are more out in the public and meeting people with y'all's ministry, but the same concept and the same purpose and the same uh, vision and uh, mission is what y'all share. Would y'all, um, before we get into the interview too far, would y'all share with us or with our audience the partnership that y'all have with us and we have with y'all and how that came about over the years? How did you get connected with AFR and AFA? Well, let's see. I met your dad 
several years ago, and um, and a good friend of ours who's on your program all the time, Alex McFarlane. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had introduced Alex to Focus on the Family. Mm-hmm. Focus on the Family hired Alex for several years, and then you guys met him, and he and I were talking one day, and I said something about uh, our hope for the home ministry, which he knew about. And he said, "Hey, Afar. So one thing led to another. He introduced me to your dad, and then Tim and I had a talk at the Operation Hotel, and you're out there for, I think, the NRB. And uh, he said, could you all do a one-minute devotion uh, each day? And I said, sure, we'll try. <laughs> I mean, asking, me, sure. asking an evangelist to do a one-minute devotion, is, <laughs> it's hard for me to say amen in one minute. But, um, That's funny. He said, we'd love to have you. So what Becky does, well, Becky, you tell him what you do for it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really very difficult, honestly, to try to put thoughts into a one-minute spot. But, you know, I just pray over it, and we, Jerry and I develop a theme. And so I just sit and I sit at my computer, and I say, Lord, how are we going to develop this theme in one minute to, to really give families, husbands and wives, encouragement and support? And so it's been interesting to see how that's transpired. I just sat, and I just, I'm amazed at what God does when you just say, okay, Lord, you do it. I'm just your fingers. That's one. She writes the devotions. I edit, yeah. and I don't have to do much. I edit, and so yeah. we we record on the campus at Union University. And of course, send it down to you guys, and we are so glad that it comes on every afternoon at four twenty, right in the middle of the Tony Perkins program, mm-hmm. because that's a Tony Perkins is a, you know he's got a great Washington Watch program, so mm-hmm. we're just glad to be there. So uh, let me correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry, but that's the only time you get to tell your wife when she's wrong, right? <laughs> when you're well, edit when you're editing it, no. <laughs> I have to go outside and walk around for a while. So. <laughs> he squeaks in a few. You're, you know, you're not correct here. He squeaks in a few of those every now and then. Well, that's an interesting dynamic. I couldn't imagine uh, me. At, for, of course, I don't write much, very little, if any, and I'm, I'm not good at it. I don't really particularly enjoy it, but I do do it occasionally when I'm when I feel obligated to, to write on a particular topic. But if I did, and when I do, my wife, uh, I couldn't imagine her editing, editing mine because it's already bad enough. I need to hear it from somebody I don't know. <laughs> uh, thank you for bringing that up, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. Um, well, uh, also, too, tell our audience a little bit about how you and Becky met. I'll get your version first, and then I'll get hers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Well, I hope they're the same. Well, I know, I'm kidding. Oh, they better be the same. Yeah. The way we met, I went home. Uh, home was Brownsville, Tennessee at that time. My daddy was pastoring at the church where Becky uh, and her family were members. I went home during uh, a break from college, and daddy asked me to preach. And so uh, I had just surrendered to the ministry my senior year in college. I was a uh, I was headed to medical school, and that's another long story for another time, but God got a hold of my life and reminded me that I told him when I was 12 years old, I'd do anything he wanted me to do. And I said, but be a preacher, and God had to remind me of that and straighten me out. So I went home to preach for Dad, and she was sitting out there in the congregation. That's my first time I saw her, and I told her, I forgot my sermon. I looked at her, and I thought, oh, Lord, what am I going to say next? So <clears throat> I didn't get to meet her for about two or three months later, and met her at a New Year's Eve party and uh, asked her for a date. And she promptly said, no, I already have one. And I said, so I asked her for the next weekend, and she smiled and said, well, I have one then, too. And I thought, I am not giving up. So I said, well, first week of February, I've, I've got to speak somewhere to a group of young people. Would you go with me? And she said, <laughs> I have to ask my mom and dad. And I thought, I I thought she was in college at Memphis State because I was a senior at Union, 
And uh, I told her later on when I found out that she was a senior in high school, I, I didn't care how if you were a senior in kindergarten. I, yeah. wanted, to, I wanted to go out with you. <laughs> so that was our very first date, right, Becky? That was our very first date, and it was memorable. We were up in Dyersburg, Tennessee, and I'd never really been with a, uh, a young man who had already surrendered to ministry. And I remember one of the first questions, just in conversation as we were driving along, it was about a 45-minute drive, as we were driving along, just in casual conversation, he said, you know, if you were dating somebody and you were, you know, eventually to get serious and think about getting married, what if that guy was to be a, you know, think he was going to be in a pastor? How would you feel about that? <laughs> and I remember I thought, oh, well, how am I supposed to answer this question? And so I, I said, well, you know, I figure that whatever God calls my future husband to do, I will be his support system. Amen. And that kind of settled it. At that point, you know, Jerry hadn't, you know, we'd only had our first day at that point. So, you know, it's one of those things where it, it was a revelation question. for me because I never really thought about that deeply. Yeah. Until then. Well, that's a deep first question for sure. Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. So I went off to seminary the next year, and she went off to college, and we dated about a year and a half, and got married in uh, 1969, uh-huh. Wesley, way mm-hmm. way before you even <laughs> thought of. So <laughs> 52. We've been married 52 years this year. 52 yeah. years. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, yeah, fifty-two so. years. Hey, I, we, my wife and I, we won up y'all though. We get, we dated and married in under eleven months. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we. Da- <laughs> I always get it backwards. I, she's not in here to correct me, but I, it's either we dated five years and then and then planned a wedding in six, or vice versa. But uh, we did it pretty quickly. And my wife is not in here. She's on maternity leave because we have. Um, she delivered our third baby a couple weeks back, and. We're just really excited that added a third Anna, third child, Anna Wesley's her name, to our family. And we've got a beautiful family. And I've got a six, a three, and now a newborn. And so um, I'm, uh, she's not in here, so I, I can get away with a whole lot today. <laughs> hey, I, I wanna, she'll hear the program once you air it. That's right. <laughs> hey, I want to get into y'all's ministry. Okay, so how long ago the ministry that y'all have is called Hope for the Home, Hope for the Home. And you can go to their website, hopeforthehome.org. When did y'all begin this ministry? What is the ministry? And then what does it look like as far as day-to-day? I'll tell you what, Wesley. I was, let me back up. I've been in evangelism, full-time evangelist, for almost 40 years. I had a great team, and we traveled uh, literally all over the world, did revivals and crusades like a lot of evangelists do. And back in 1993, I had just come from a meeting out at Focus of the Family with Dr. James Dobson, and uh, came home, and Beck and I were talking about families, and I said, I'm going to write pastors and ask them a question. So I, I wrote a, several pastors in our nation, and I said, what is your greatest challenge? I just asked them one question, and then waited a few weeks for all the answers to come in, and uh, the number one answer was, how do we minister to the families in our church? Mm. Uh, it wasn't what I was expecting. I thought they'd be asking, you know, how, we, how can more people get saved? How can we build a church? Blah, blah, blah. But it was, how do we minister to our families? Mm. So in consultation with Dr. Dobson and with others who were, I considered to be leading family experts at that time, uh, we developed what was called Hope for the Home and began to offer it to churches. It's a very intense Friday, Saturday, and Sunday event. Um, and one of the beautiful things about it is they can address 10 different family groups for those three days. But the group that we're addressing only has to be there for their one. Like on Friday night, 
we do a husband and wife banquet. Mm-hmm. And Beck and I speak on the 44 ways to strengthen your marriage. 44? Uh, wow, well, stop you there. Hang on. 44. How'd you come <laughs> up with 44? Good question. We had 88 at one time. Oh, my word. We got them from, we got them from couples. Okay. I was always asking couples, how would you strengthen? And so I would write down their answers. And they were, you, they were said, these were all unique ones? Because you figured yeah, some of them would start yeah. kind of overlapping a little bit. Well, they did. When we had the eight, a bunch of them overlapped. So we called them down to 44. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the book that I wrote out of that came to 44 Ways to Strengthen Your Marriage. And so on Friday night, we had, we all addressed maybe, what, honey, five or six of them? Yeah, we don't do the whole 44, obviously. Yeah. yeah. That's great, uh, though. 44 they did, is they good. Did the book. And so that's what we do on, on Friday night which is a great time. It's a fun time, too. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday mornings, I speak to the senior adults on uh, looking in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, what we do in the past reflects what we're going to do in the present. And while I'm doing that, what are you doing, Beck? I speak to the young moms during that period of time on moving through motherhood from birth to empty nest. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask uh, you all this. Is, is this something that uh, the listening audience could find a way, either find one close to them or maybe even ask y'all to come to their hometown? How would they go about doing that? Well, just go to hopeforthehome.org, like you said. There's an outline of the weekend. Uh, and now, because I'm pastoring right now, that's another thing. Ten years ago, a church where my daddy pastored when I was a little boy approached me to be their interim for the summer. After the summer's over, long story short, they asked if I'd be their pastor. And uh, I said, well, guys, we have a ministry, you know, we travel all the time, we're gone 20 Sundays a year, and they said, we know what you do, and if you'll just pastor us when you're gone, get us somebody that will really preach the Word to us, and I immediately said to him, I can't do that. I said, you can't be called a pastor and be gone from your church 15 to 20 Sundays a year. That's wow, not, not that's very true. That, a lot of a lot so of pastors wouldn't it. recognize that. That's very, very good. You can't hey, get you know, Wesley, can I add this, Jerry? It's been interesting sure. lately to see the transition of how God works, because during that same period of time, churches began to cut back on their ministry as groups. Yep. And so we were able to transition from the revival ministry, conference mini mm-hmm. work, ministry, workshop ministry, into Hope for the Home. And then little by little, churches also began to cut back on that. And when that happened, God opened the door for Jerry's pastor. I told him this morning on the front porch, we were having our our chat time this morning on the front porch, and I said, you know, Jerry, when God opened that door for you to be a pastor of a local rural church, he allowed you to be able to see the congregation from the other side of the pulpit, from the pastoral side, rather than the evangelist side. And I've been really, really pleased to see his leadership in taking this group of folks in through the, the all the ministry avenues and aspects of pastoral ministry. It's been interesting, very interesting. That's awesome. Praise yeah, God. Was- I watched my dad pastor for 60 years. Wow. But the pastoring was not in my heart until this church approached me. And uh, like I said, Becky said, it's it's a rural church. It's called Friendship Baptist Church in Friendship, Tennessee. It's about 30 miles from Jackson where we live. So it has allowed me another another whole dimension because I'm an expository preacher, and I've, I've been able to preach through several books of the Bible, just go straight through, and we, we've done a lot of things with, with those folks. But I had some very good mentors. Out of that, we pull back on our Hope for the Home travels, naturally. But we still do a select number of Hope for the Home conferences a year. So uh, in answer to your question, we'll, we'll address, I think it's nine or ten major 
issues that family faced that weekend. I mean, I do a uh, we do a Sunday a Saturday night session for two hours with teenagers because they have, they will ask questions ahead before I get there, uh, and, and I'll just answer their questions. It's not like I'm preaching to them; I'm, I'm talking to them like a father or a grandfather. Mm-hmm. And then Beck and I spend an hour and a half with those who have recently gone through divorce, and we talk about the uh, the strengthening of, of a divorce situation, mm-hmm. not the weaknesses, but the strengthening of it. And Sunday morning, I teach all the men during the seminary hour a book that I wrote called From the Heart of a Father, and Becky is teaching all the women on the book that she wrote called Becoming a Woman of Worth. And then I preach, you know, one or two sermons, however many services they have that morning. And then I go immediately from that, and she and I speak to all the college and career for about an hour, take a break and come back and spend two hours Sunday afternoon with the parents of teenagers dealing with issues that parents of teenagers face naturally. And then close out Sunday night with a uh, message called The Power of the Touch. So it's a very intense can community. I, I've had so many... Can I add this? Yeah, go, add go this ahead, Becky. Yeah. Wesley, one thing you asked was how do uh, people find out about it? They can go to the website, but also, you know, local churches um, have cut back on their uh, booking on, like, weekend ministry. So sure. we're still available to do that, and we even are able to adapt to whatever the church needs are at the time. Right, exactly. And so, you know, I think your program by design is where we really plug in because although we speak to every area of family life and all the sure. different groups, one of the most needy groups that we find and one of the least attended is the group of those who have been divorced, who yes. have been married and divorced. Right. And sometimes I think they're, they neglect it themselves right. rather than coming and finding out how to go back into a relationship that is by God's design. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why on Saturdays, the the title of y'all's topic for Saturdays when y'all perform or when y'all, not perform, that's when y'all do or y'all minister for the Hope for the Home is dynamic of divorce and picking up the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Now, one thing you left out that I'm really sad because you would have interested a lot of people because of uh, those that have interests like mine, you have pizza on Saturday night. Is that right? <laughs> pizza pray. It says, it says Saturday nights uh, when you do y'all's weekends. It's pizza praise and proclamations. Living out, in a, living in a broken world. I, pizza would have got my interest, and I'd have been there. <laughs> you know, when manna came from heaven, right. Moses didn't know what to call it, so like some of you just called it pizza. That's the that's same a, thing. So that's what else? The pepperoni. They my, called down the the meat from heaven. It was pepperoni. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll take it. I'd, I'd have been there for that. Hey, um. <laughs> Uh, We're so grateful for what y'all do here at AFA and AFR, and we're so grateful for the partnership over the years. And y'all have been a wonderful addition to the with the one minute spot. And uh, also, too, just want to thank you. Uh, We'll get back to the ministry in just a second, but I just want to take a moment to tell our audience how much we appreciate your friendship because uh, y'all need to know that um, that Becky and Jerry they have come by AFA many times to catch up with us to make sure they're we're all on the same page and also to do devotion for our staff. And so we have thoroughly appreciated them, and they have um, sponsored, uh, or we've sponsored through them some of their Bibles that they have produced, and we've used them at many of our events, and we're going to continue to do that. Tell them, um, before we go back to your ministry, and I want to I got some more questions about that and what that looks like. What is the Bible that I'm talking about, and what makes it a little bit different than your, your, your standard Bible? A lot of pastors begin to ask us, can you put what you do maybe in a family Bible? And so we did some research, and at that time there was only one family Bible 
that was that I could find that was available. So long story short, we went to Thomas Nelson and told him what we wanted to do, and out of that came the Hope for the Home Bible, which which implies that in the very back of this Bible, we have about 120, 125 pages that deal with what you and I just talked about, family issues. But if families will read through them, the whole concept is to to develop a time of Bible study and prayer with your family every day. I always tell daddies, if you only read one verse of Scripture with your family and have a prayer over them, you're doing more than most men who go to church. Because in most families, if the Bible is ever read, in the home, it's usually done by the mother and the dad, yeah. or absent for whatever reason. Sure. So it was put together for that purpose. And then in the front of the Bible, we've got a topic of about seven, seven I think it's about 7,000 words throughout the Bible. Uh, it's uh, something that a lot of Bibles don't have. And you can do it. It's almost like having your own computer with you. So it's a very unique kind of Bible. It's called a Hope for the Home Study. And like you said, thank you for letting us give these out to the people that come to your all's date nights, because I think if we could just get families in the Word, Mm -hmm. and the Word could get into them, we could change our nation. But the Word's got to get into you. And uh, that's kind of our whole thing for the whole weekend. Uh, Our theme is Psalm 127, verse 1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And the best way to build a house is to get God in the house. Uh, amen. Can, I, can I add a little something? Yes, to please Wesley, do. If you don't mind. Ooh. You know, all those years that Jerry was traveling, we began to do this before our children were born. We were married 10 years before our first, before Drew was born. But we did this before they were ever born. We had just a time every day where we would have a scripture and just a prayer together. And, you know, we have found, I think, that the biggest breakdown in the family is lack of communication. In spite of the fact that we have so many resources I agree, 100%, available to yeah. communicate, people don't talk face-to-face anymore. And so I think that's been the biggest breakdown. But one thing I always respected Jerry for doing is whether he was on the East Coast or West Coast, at that time we were living on the East Coast, and he, he was doing a meeting on the West Coast, it would mean a three-hour difference in time. But he would call home at 7 o'clock every morning, East Coast time, and speak to me, and then after Drew and Becca were born, he would call and have a Bible verse and a little chat and a prayer with them before they went off to school. And unless he was in a community meeting of some kind that sure. inhibited him from calling, he would call home every day. Amen. And I think for if you daddies, if you're listening, from a wife's point of view, I cannot tell you the blessing for me as a wife to know that my husband cares enough about our family to put that into the family life and family structure of our um, home. Amen. And we even see now how our children are implementing this same practice into their home. You, God's Word doesn't lie, and God says that He blesses those who bless Him and are obedient to Him and faithful. Yes. And I think that's a living testimony of that, and any daddy who does that should be able to look at his family and say, Lord, we have had ups and downs and challenges, but you have helped us navigate this thing called family all through the years. Amen. You're listening to By Design on American Family Radio. We also have some tangible ways that By Design is providing for you, our listening audience, to make a difference in your marriage. And you can go to afa.net slash by design. And there we will have, we do have, we have a couple challenges for your marriage. We, we couple A couple months back, we did a covenant challenge where we provided a covenant based on Ephesians uh, there. And then we also, where you could sign it and, and print it off and hang it up on your um, your refrigerator or at your front door or where you would see it to remind you of the importance of your marriage and th- what the scripture has to say about it. Also, 
where you're providing a handful of date nights, as Jerry alluded to earlier, and something I mentioned that they're providing Bibles to. We've got a couple left in the fall, not many, but we'll be doing them again all over in the spring, and we're spreading them out. So go to afa.net slash by design or go to afa.net slash events, and you can see if we have a date night in your area. And if we don't, create one for your spouse and create a date night for your spouse and take them out and spend some quality time with them and practice that communication part. As Becky mentioned, that is the primary source of tension and um, destruction often the time is a lack of communication. So make sure you're communicating with your spouse and your children very clearly and very intentionally as you move forward in your marriage and your family is the way God designed it. So with the remaining time we got, we've got uh, three or four minutes left here. I wanted to get to one aspect of family or marriage that has happened far too often lately, and hopefully we're rounding the curve on it. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at numbers or stats or anything, but this divorce rate is just has been it has been astronomical. What would you say? Let's take a couple minutes. Let's, if you can, minister to the single mom out there because we know there's so many of them. Well, let me say to the single mothers: Number one, you're not a failure. We think I've seen so many mothers who will come to the divorce session, and it's a strange thing, Wesley. Um, and when we do our divorce session there, and I hope the home conference, most of the time, the majority of the people who show up are women. But I remember on one occasion, the room was full, and two of the young men that were there were pastors who had just gone through a divorce, and they were hurting just like the, the women were. But I'd say to the mothers. Being a, a mom now with just children and you're in charge of the family, uh, God will give you the strength to do it. Don't don't drop your head and say, I, I can't go to church. I don't need that. Nobody, you know, everybody mm. thinks uh, I've messed up. We all mess up. And if there's ever a time that a mother, <clears throat> a single mother because of divorce, needs the Lord and needs the church, it's during that time. And Becky speaks to him better than I do. She's looking through the, in the eyes of a mother and a woman. I just want to tell the ladies out there, you're not a failure. Uh, God still loves you. And um, stay in church and stay in the Word. Now, one more thing. I want Becky to speak to this. A lot of times we'll see divorced people, they will start dating almost immediately. Mm. And sometimes they will make the wrong decision because the emotions take over. Sure. And they will marry again rather soon and then realize later on, Mm. oh, I made a mistake. I encourage you to wait for the Lord to lead you to the right person, and He'll speak to your head and to your heart. That's very important that you bring both together. What do you think, Beck? Well, I, I was going to say, to me, single young. I have several young women in my life that I work with who are now divorced for whatever reason. And Jerry's right. Oftentimes, they jump back into relationships because they're so desperate for connection. Number one, the best place you can connect, as faulty as churches are, because we're all sinners in churches, right? But as faulty as churches can be, one of the greatest places of connection is within the local church body for a single mom and her children. The other thing is mentoring. I'm really big into mentoring those who are really struggling in whatever area of life. And young single moms who are divorced are struggling. They're struggling in a lot of ways. What kind of resources are available how do I plug into a church? How am I going to be looked at? And all we're, those questions. Let me hop in here. So, we're, we're coming to a hard end. So the, okay. the music's here. I just want to thank y'all real quick. Thank you, Jerry. And thank you, Becky. And thank y'all for You're being welcome, on. Brother. Yes, sir. All right. You can go to hopeforthehome.org to find out more about their ministry. And thank you for listening to By Design 
on American Family Radio.